Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. (laughs) That was a mouthful. That went fast. That was a whole lot faster than what was, uh, was planned uh, to some degree. It should have been a little bit slower. But the story is powerful about faith. And uh, faith we're talking about today is freedom of faith. Before we get started, though, I just want to say to Ron and Tricia, we love you. This is their last Sunday here. I don't, I don't say this is their last Sunday here because I believe they will be around and come back and hang out with us every once in a while. But um, I do want to just say to you guys, I love you. I'm praying for you. And it's National Hug Ron and Trisha Day. Okay? So, and if you have a little extra to shake in their hand, um, that would be a blessing to them as well. All right? God bless you. And uh, I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about this idea. We kinda, the Lord has led us into this little series of faith. Last week I talked about it, and this week I want to finish up with it and uh, talk about the freedom of faith, playing off the idea of freedom today in our freedom as a nation, but more importantly, freedom as an individual of faith. Here's what I want to do today. I want to take a load off. Have you ever heard that term? Take a load off. What it simply means is relax. Let, Let yourself relax. Don't worry about everything. Don't take the the cares of the world. Let's just for a moment take a load off. And what I mean by that is simply this, is that when, when we understand what faith is, we can take a load off. There is a freedom that comes with understanding that when we exercise faith, it is, once we exercise it, we're done. We're done. Once we exercise belief in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and what he promises to do for our eternal well-being and our eternal destiny, it's done. When you believe in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, it's done. The work, we don't have to to earn salvation. It's a gift. We receive it in faith, and when we receive it in faith, we're done with the whole idea of salvation. We, we have been saved. We are saved. And no one can take that from you. You can't work more. You can't work harder to try and earn it. You can't do anything to, to, to um, uh, make God more in love with you. The, the reality is he is so in love with you that he's done everything he can to bring you to a point of faith in Jesus Christ. And that's freedom, yeah, because once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's nothing that you have to do to earn, strive, work harder, try harder, get, you know, come to church and that, that's your religious duties. Those religious duties are now expressions of faith. They're no longer an attempt to earn God's favor. Not a beautiful thing. Not a beautiful thing. That's freedom. That's freedom. That's the idea of freedom. So let's, let's start with this idea. What we believe will either set us free or hold us captive. What we believe will either set us free or hold us captive. If we believe that we must earn our, fa- our, our salvation, our way to heaven, then you are going to be held captive. But if you believe in the work of the cross, then you are set free. 
That's the way it works. If you believe that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present, then you will experience life in a completely different way because His power is what you rely on instead of yours. It's freedom. It sets us free. I've learned this over and over and over again. It's like, you know, I'm kind of like the, the Israelites that needed to go around the mountain for 40 years because I learn lessons the hard way sometimes. And it takes me a while to learn them. But so I keep going around and around, kind of learning the same lesson. God, you know, I've heard a, a, a pastor one time said, he said, I preach the same sermon um, all year long and I'm going to keep preaching it until our church gets it and then we'll move on. You know, I don't believe that about you guys. You guys are smart. You're, you're open-hearted. You're, you're receiving God's word. But um, man, how, how much, how hard is it for us to learn these lessons that if we will just walk in the power and grace of who Jesus is, we will win. We will win. So here's the main thought for today. Freedom is knowing that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present and living accordingly. Freedom is knowing that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present and living accordingly. Freedom is having faith that I can act on rather than simply wish for. Is there so many things that you just kind of wish for, and, but you don't have faith that they'll really happen? Here's the truth. When we obey God, it will really happen. When we do our own thing, good luck. That's the way it works. I've done my own thing many times in life. And I was like, I hope this works. Oh, I don't know if it's going to work. It's all up to me. And when it's all up to me, the load is on. But when it's all up to God, the load is off. Just me being faithful. It's just me being obedient. It's just me doing what God's called me to do. And when I do that, then I can do it and trust God. But when I'm doing my own thing, I got to do it. And then I got to work it. Then I got to do it. Then I got to work it. Then I got to do it. Then I got to work it. And it's all up to me, right? And so I want to talk about some stories in Scripture that are very clear about how this works. In Hebrews 11, <clears throat> chapter 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So faith is that confidence or that, that, that undergirding of what we hope for. It's the thing that, that is solid in our life. Faith is the, uh, the confidence, knowing that God is able to do above and beyond what we could ever ask or think. God is the creator of the universe. With one breath, he can create humanity, which he did. He created man, then he created woman, and he created this whole planet. If you take any time to study science and, and look at the systems that were created out there, it's pretty amazing what God can do. We have to believe that concept. And, and when we do, and we get that confidence underneath us, then we can start obeying God and trusting Him and take the load off. How many of you right now, and you don't have to raise your hands or respond, or you, you can't amen if you want, but how many of us have taken on the load and it's become so weighty and so burdensome that you are just tired? You're, you're, you're like, man, I don't know that I can keep carrying this weight. I don't know if I can keep moving forward. I don't know if I can keep doing this because it's all up to me. When you get to that point, it's no longer faith. It's no longer trusting God. It's trusting you. Not that you're a bad person, not that, but you don't, we don't have the capacity to carry what God is asking us to carry. 
It's up to him. All we have to do is be obedient. I like what one author said. He said, true Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. I like that statement because it says true Bible, Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of the circumstances or the consequences. In other words, you're not worried about the circumstances. You're not worried about the consequences. You're just worried about obedience. That's, that's all that matters. Oswald Sanders, a, a, a famous uh, uh, Christian <clears throat> uh, theologian, he said this. He said, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. I love that statement. It just simply means that we obey and God does the rest. God does the rest. So let's look at a couple stories in Scripture that really point out the, the, the truth about God's ability to do great things. In verse 4, it starts like this. Oh, I'm sorry, let, let's go with verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. we got to start here. We have to start here. We have to start with the idea that God is the creator. He is the one who made everything happen. Do you believe that? I mean, science will tell you different. Some scientists will tell you different. I think science tells us that God is the creator. If you look at, at, at things scientifically, one of the things that transformed my entire faith in God was the idea of chloroform. Chloroform is what makes plants green. It's, it's the thing, and, and I'm, I'm not a scientist, so if I get something wrong, you can fact check me later. But chloroform is that there's a system, when the sun shines on a plant, there's this chemical experience that happens that turns that plant green and keeps it healthy. And it's a system that there's no way that this big bang thing could happen, and all of a sudden, all of this happens. Another thing that this fascinates me, and I've mentioned this before, is your eye. You have all these little cones and rods in the back of your eye, and these little cones and rods are receptors of light. And when the light goes in, they receive the light in such a way that you and I can see each other in color. And it goes in, and it goes into these, these, these receptors or these brain particles, and then it comes back out, and it shows what we see amazing oh yeah we just came out of a little blob out of some kind of primordial little goo and all of a sudden we have eyes if you look at evolution they say well evolution just kept getting better and better what happened how messed up was that first person come on it God created, and if we understand that, then we can understand that whatever he asks us to do is no effort in failure or futility. He is the creator of the universe, and he can do anything with an obedient heart. Amen? Let's take the load off. Let's, let's, let's get free of that idea that if we do something for God, it's up to us to make sure the result happens. If you're, doing, if you're acting in faith, there's no result you have control over. Only God can do miracles. Only God 
can break through a hardened heart. Only God can mend a marriage. Only God can save a soul. And so it's only our job to pray. It's only our job to say, Jesus loves you. It's only our job and let God do the rest. And when we do that, it's freedom. There's freedom in faith. In verse 4 it says, By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. I don't know if you know the story. Maybe you're unfamiliar with Cain and Abel. But Abel brought an offering to God. It was the first fruits of his, his, uh, his work. And he brought an offering to God, and God accepted it. It was beautiful. Cain brought an offering. It was kind of the leftovers. And God said, I love Abel's offering. I don't like Cain's offering. I don't need leftovers. I need the first fruits. I need the best. That's what God deserves from us. And so he, he, he was, Abel was free to trust God with the best. I know, I, know it's, I know what it's like to feel the pressure of, oh man, I can't give to God, or I don't have enough time for God. But God should always come first. In your checkbook, in your calendar, in every aspect of your life, it sh- God should always come first. Why? Because that's where God belongs. And when we act in faith like Abel did, God honors that. But when we give God the leftovers of our life, God isn't all that pleased with that. I'm just preaching the truth. Is that okay? Free. We are free to trust God when we give Him our best. We are free to trust God when we worship with our best. We are free to know that faith leaves a legacy. Listen to that end of that that passage. It says, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Do you want your life to last? Do you want to have a legacy? Then act in faith. Do things that honor and worship God. Put God first in everything, and God will continue to extend your faith into the next generation and the next generation. Verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. This is a character in, in Scripture who God just completely just took before he died. He didn't have to die. Enoch didn't, Enoch didn't go through the, the suffering of death. He just got, got translated into heaven. And so um, he was taken away. Be, for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Enoch was such an individual that all he did was obey God. All he did was act in faith. That's what the scripture implies. And as he did, God was like, oh, this guy is so amazing. I'm just going to translate him right off the planet. There's only two people that we know of that happened, uh, Enoch and Elijah. And then Jesus was resurrected. He died. Jesus died, but then was resurrected. And we all get that opportunity sometime in the future. But Enoch was a man of faith. He's like, I'm just going to obey God. I'm just going to live a life that 
reflects, if I know what to do, if God tells me what to do, I'm going to do it. And that was counted to him as righteousness. And as a result, God said, let's, let's get you out of here. I, I wish I was that guy, obviously. I'm not. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. And I don't even know if he would translate me off this planet or not, but uh, that, was a, 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 that would be a very cool experience. Hey, Ricardo, come on up. All right. Verse 7, by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he, commend, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Noah built an ark when arks weren't being built. The world had not yet seen a flood like what was going to happen. There was water, there was, there was land, there was probably boats. But God said, I want you to build something big enough to house all of the animals on the planet and then your family and then you're going to go and, and there's going to be a flood. And, and Noah's like, what? And I'm sure Noah's like when he's building this ark, which is a massive, massive boat. He's like, well, I'm just trusting God. I'm just trusting God. I'm just trusting God. I'm just doing what God told me to do, tells me to do. As he's building it, the world is, is uh, living an evil life. Everyone is just doing whatever they want. Just this, this whole um, um, sinful, sinful experience and environment. And God's tired of it. But there's one guy that God trusted with the message, and that was Noah. And he said, Noah, build an ark. You're going to load up your family. I'm going to load up the animals, and then we're going to save this planet by destroying it. And then you're going to repopulate it. And he did it, and it was commended to him as faith and righteousness. And when we act in that kind of faith, that's a beautiful thing. There was a freedom that... Noah was able to experience, and it was the freedom of knowing that I don't have to worry about the outcome. I just have to build the ark. That's all I have to do. I don't, I've never seen an ark. I don't know what an ark looks like. I don't know why I'm building such a big ark. But I do know that all I have to do is do what God tells me to do. And he did it. And that's the beauty of faith is he, you just do it. And then God does his thing. He floods the earth. He saves the family, he saves all these animals, and eventually the earth is repopulated. Verse 8 says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place where he would later receive his, as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though, listen to this, even though he did not know where he was going. <laughs> That's craziness. So God comes to you and says, hey, I want you to go. Where? I'm not going to tell you right now. I just want you to go. Uh, but, but Lord, <laughs> it would really be nice to know where I'm going. No. Not now. I want you to obey me. Just sell your home. Pack up your goods. Sell what you have to. And then I want you to go. And he did. Even though he did not know where he was going. This is the Bible talking. This is not Pastor Ricardo. This is the Bible talking. And he went. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. 
He wasn't looking for this, this steady place. He was looking for God's place. He, was looking, he wasn't trying to make sense of something. He knew God would eventually make sense of it. And, and here's the freedom of this. There's a freedom to go without the where. Freedom to go without the where. I remember moving from Seattle to here, and I didn't have a job. But I knew that God was going to take care of us because I'd known that he took care of us before. So I had some previous experience. I don't think Abraham had that, but I did. And when we moved from Washington to here, all I knew is that God wanted us to take care of our parents. And if we did that, he would provide the rest. And it was a beautiful experience to see how God has provided over and over and over again. And that whole process. And I guarantee you, if God tells you to go somewhere, just go. If he tells you to go but doesn't tell you where, just go and enjoy the ride. Because wherever he takes you, it's his plan. Here's the freedom. The freedom is not having to know where. Not having to know where you're going to go, how it's all going to work. Just trust God and God comes through. And when God does those things, it's unbelievable what he does. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Who was faithful? God. And so from this one man, and he has, uh, and, and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Abraham had the freedom to go without the where, without the how, without the what. He just did what God told him to do. And the Bible says it was counted to him as righteousness. There's a freedom. Take the load off. All we have to do is obey. And when we do that, he comes through. Amen. Verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. All these people that are being described, they did not receive the things promised. In other words, they didn't receive the benefit of the promise. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. What's that distance? Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They were people that didn't really belong here. They, they had a heavenly perspective. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own, they, that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were going, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. People who live by faith live for heaven, don't live for earth. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. People who act in faith know that this isn't it. This isn't the end of the road. This is only the beginning because God has a place for us in heaven. And that's a beautiful thing. That's why we can be uh, kind of reckless in our faith. We can, we can do whatever God calls us to do and not worry about the results or the consequences. Amen. We'll read about that in just a moment. And all these people knew that there was a city prepared for them. There is going to be a day where there is going to be an eternal party and we're, we're all going to get together and we're going to go, what? That was crazy. Can you believe we acted in faith and that's what came out of that? That's what came out of it. We're going to go to Abraham and go, man, did you anticipate that you were going to see so many people come out of your family? Did you anticipate that Isaac and Jacob and all these other guys were going to carry on the faith throughout history? 
Did you anticipate that Christ was going to come out and, and, and save the world? There's going to be this party where everybody who acted in faith are going to go, wow, that was amazing. There's a song that was written a long time ago. Thank you for giving to the Lord. This is the, this is the, the, the little phrase I love about this. I am a life that was changed. I am a life that was changed. I want my life to change someone else's. I want my life to act in a faith that transforms our world, that transforms the hearts and lives of people. I want to be the faithful one that has the opportunity to go to heaven and that song be sung by several people in my life. I hope that happens. I want to be that guy. There's so many people in my life that when I get to heaven, I'm going to go, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing what you did. Thank you so much for being faithful, obedient, and living a life of faith. Let's be a part of that eternal party. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. It's a crazy story. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. Abraham was ready to drive that knife into Isaac's body, knowing and believing that God would raise Isaac back from the dead if he were to kill him. That's faith. That's the faith. You don't have to know the how. You don't have to know the what. That's the freedom. That's the beauty of faith is knowing that you can go and obey God and God's always going to come through. Always going to come through. Are you getting the message? There's freedom. Let's take a load off. Let's, take, let's realize that there's freedom in obeying God and trusting Him and walking step by step by Him. And when we obey Him, we can obey and the rest is up to him. Trust happens right there. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. In this passage of Scripture, verses 20 through 22, there are three generations of faith. Do we want to impact the next generation? Then we must live by faith. Our kids, our grandkids need to see us live by faith. If we don't live by faith, neither will the next generation. But if we do and we get crazy with God and we do whatever God wants us to do, oh, we're going to see amazing things happen. It's going to be crazy what our kids will do and our grandkids. And they will carry Jesus into the next generation and generation and generation. And that's the plan. We talk about being partners with parents. That's the whole purpose of partnership is to invest in the next generation. Skipping down to verse 29. By faith, people passed through the Red Sea on it on, as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho, after the army had marched around them for seven... Uh, <clears throat> the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Who would have ever thought of that? 
Who would have ever thought, hey, uh, Joshua, I want you to take the army of Israel and march around Jericho for seven days and watch what happens. Now, if, Jer if Joshua would have thought to himself, you know what? This is up to me. This is up to me. I have to go and I have to make sure those walls fall. So after every lap, he's going along the way, making sure everybody's chipping at the walls. He could have done that, but that would have been disobedient. Because all God wanted him to do was march around that city seven times. On the seventh time when the trumpets blew, those walls fell. Not because of what Joshua did, but because of what God did as a result of Joshua's obedience. The load was off Joshua. It was on God. And that's the beauty and that's the freedom of faith. Verse 32, and what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, and about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Those, there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. <clears throat> they were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, prosecute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves in holes in the ground. These are all people who live by faith. Faith doesn't make it easier. I'm not trying to say that we need to stop doing things. I'm just saying that we need to stop carrying the load of the result. Because what God does is take the obedience and makes it a miracle. All these people who died, all these people got sawned too. Uh, uh, all these people who, who, some were boiled in oil. Others were crucified like Christ was. Their witness became their death. Their martyrdom became the testimony that um, people believed in and saw great things happen as a result of their commitment. Verse 39, they were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. That's the final celebration. That's the moment where I think God's going to give us this like historical highlight reel. And he's going to go, watch what happened when you acted in faith. And we're all going to come together. Moses and all the way back to Abel. Abel's going to be there. And we're going to go, man, that was a great offering you gave. Sorry, Cain got so upset. You know, and, uh, Abraham, that was amazing. I can't believe you had that knife up there. And he's like, yeah, man, I was scared. I was like, oh, I, but I was believing God that he was going to raise my son from the dead. And all of a sudden, he, God stopped me. Man, that was amazing, Abraham. That was so cool. We're all going to be there. We're all going to be there. We're all going to be sharing these stories of faith if we live a life of faith. If we live a life of obedience, that's all we have to do is trust that the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God is behind what we are making an effort to do. 
And when we do that, we see great things happen. We see powerful things happen. That final celebration. And here's what he says in verse, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. In other words, he's saying, since we have all these examples of faith, let's get rid of the things that are keeping us back and let's move forward. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This last little bit, the biggest act of faith ever was Jesus going to the cross. The biggest act of faith was Jesus understanding as a human being and as God, going to a cross, submitting himself to death, realizing that I am not only going to die, but I am going to rise again. And it's that power. It's that power that scripture says lives in us. It's the resurrection power that lives in us. And so we have no reason not to obey God, not to walk in faith, because we can take the load off knowing that God is all-powerful. He's the creator of the universe. He is all-knowing. He knows it all. And he would not tell us to do something without an answer to follow it. And he's ever-present. He will never leave us or forsake us, Scripture says. And so we have every reason to walk in step with Jesus. Since we have such amazing examples of faith, let's do it. Let's follow them. Let's do what they've done. Let's put the pedal of faith to the metal. Let's do everything we can to do uh, all that God has called us to do. And that's starting with faith. That's starting with faith in Jesus. If you're here online or on site and you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have an opportunity today to just say, Jesus, thank you for the work you did on the cross. Thank you for coming back to life. I put my faith and trust in you. And here's what's promised, eternal life with Jesus. That's what's promised. That's the first step in this joy of, of taking the load off is that you, you can start knowing that you don't have to make your own way in life. God has already made the way for you. He's the way maker we sang earlier. He's the one who's died, who's rose again. And, and by his death and resurrection, we are forgiven and completely delivered and now have eternal life. And all we have to do is walk in obedience with him. The biggest part of freedom of faith is our salvation. And you can take that step today. Stop trying to earn it and just simply accept it. Second, grow in the knowledge that God is all-powerful. He is all-knowing and ever-present. We are sometimes theologically weak because we, we say these things, but we don't put our weight into them. It's not just enough to be theologically intellectual. It's not enough to say, yeah, God is all-powerful. He created the universe and do nothing in our lives to act on it. If he's all-powerful, we should be depending on his all-powerful ability to change things in our world. We want to see change. We need to see lives changed. 
We, we want to see change. We want to see change in our culture. We want to see change in, 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 in the way things are done in our world. Only Jesus can bring that kind of change. So we have to faithfully be a witness and a testimony. You don't think your friend or your neighbor can be saved. You need to step in faith and believe that the message of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to save and to change lives. And then thirdly, we need to act on it. We need to act on what we understand about God. That's what these people did in Hebrews 11. They knew that God was the God of the universe. They knew that he was the one who created everything. He knew that they knew that he was all powerful. And they just stepped out and said, okay, God, it's up to you then. You want me to go and I don't know where I'm going? I'm going to go. I'm going to get on a road somewhere and I'm going to end up somewhere. And I trust that when I get there, it'll be where you want me. You want me to give? And I, I don't know how to give, God, but you want me to take my first fruits? You want to take the best of what I've earned and give it to you first? What if I can't afford my bills? God says, <laughs> I got that. I got you. I'm taking care of you. Don't you take care of you. Let me take care of you. And when we do that, God does amazing things. My prayer today is that we'd first learn that the load is not on us. It's on him. That all we have to do is do what he asks. And when we do that, we see and experience the beauty of an almighty God, an all-powerful God, an ever-present God who is able to do above and beyond what we could ever think or imagine. Think of the best thing you could imagine and God's above that. Think of the most incredible solution to a problem and God is beyond that. And that's the power that we can trust in. That's the load that we don't have to carry because God carries it for us. You're carrying a load today. Some of, some of you walked in with anxiety. Anxiety that's weighing you down, that worry, that's stressing you out, that, that you're, 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 you're feeling this weight of life. And God says, put it all in my hands. He says, cast your cares on me and I will give you rest. How can, you haven't rested for so long because you're worried, you're stressed out. You got all these lists of things that got to come together and you're trying to figure it out. And God's saying, throw it at me right now. Let me carry your load. Let me take care of you. It's time that we start, stop taking care of our, ourselves and let God take care of us. It's time that we stop carrying the load of responsibility for success and let God create the success. Amen? And when we do that, we see God do unbelievable things beyond our imaginations. I hope you've gotten the point today that it's not up to us, it's up to Him. All we have to do is obey. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you come through every time. Every time we put our faith in you, our trust, and every time we act in obedience to you, you come through. And I pray right now for those that are stressed. I pray for those that are carrying a weight. I pray that you take the load off today. And Lord, as they are faithful to you, as they are obedient to you, you will show up like never before. You will show up in the power of the resurrection. You will show up in the power of your provision. You will show up in the power of your healing. You will show up in the power of your deliverance. Lord, you are here to take the load off of us. 
Forgive us, God, for trying to carry the load that you intend to carry. Forgive us for trying to figure out where to go and how it's all going to work and, and, and the results and the consequences. Lord, we don't care about those things. Those are up to you. And so, Lord, I pray for every heart in this room that you would give us the ability to simply act in obedience like these heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. May we be those people that are faithful to you and that walk in step with you. And as we do, we will see great and incredible things happen. Lord, right now you're speaking to, to individuals to encourage them to obey Step out and speak the truth to a loved one. Step out and share Christ's love to someone that they don't believe, <laughs> that we don't believe has the ability to be saved. Lord, you're the power that, that changes those lives. For others, you're, you're speaking to their heart about where to serve or where to give or what to, what to do. Lord, you are in charge and we will just simply be obedient to you. And I thank you for that. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the first step in stop trying to care for yourself and let Jesus forgive you of your sin. Let Jesus set you free from the burden of trying to make life work when really it's all in his hands. If you're here today and you have yet to accept Jesus, will you just pray this prayer with me online or on site? We just want to pray this prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sin, and I accept the work that that, that death on the cross created for me, that, you are, that my sins are now forgiven. And I, in faith, believe that that, is forgiven, that forgiveness is for me and that my sins are completely gone. I, in faith, believe that you died and rose again three days later, and that promises me eternal life. And I, in faith, commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.